The Mandalorian segments in this episode were recorded prior to the season two finale. Hello and welcome to the Knowledge of Nothing podcast. Each week we will share with you our thoughts and opinions about our modern mythologies. Such as film, TV, music, comics, gaming, and more. I am your host, Brian, a comic book nerd who thinks of himself as a low-level superhero. And I'm your anti-host, Tony, a movie buff with an unhealthy obsession for overanalyzing anything and everything. And when we're not fighting crime, we're podcasting. Let's get it started. Boom! Boom. the Knowledge of Nothing podcast episode 8. We are back on track this week, so we're going to be talking about The Mandalorians chapter 14 and 15. 2020 is almost behind us. Did you learn any new skills and what were some of your discoveries? And we can't forget our favorite segment, Pop Quickies. What does Wayne have for us today? So buckle up, hold on tight, because here we go. To avoid spoilers for The Mandalorian chapter 14, skip to 1745. All right, now that we got that out of the way, I need to start off the top of the segment by saying I just need to to get something off my chest. I need something to I need to confront some things that were said in the past and I have a clip that I really need Brian to answer right off the bat regarding chapter 14. And if he doesn't remember what it was, I'm going to remind him right now. So, let's just take a listen to episode 1. Everybody thought that Boba Fett was this badass in the galaxy, but I'm not so convinced anymore. I think he was kind of a chump. What? What? What was that, Brian? Wait, wait, one more time. Everybody thought that Boba Fett was this badass in the galaxy, but I'm not so convinced anymore. I think he was kind of a chump. Okay, yes, he was kind of a chump. Brian, what do you have to say for yourself right this very moment? I stand by that statement. <laughs> At that time, he was a chump. And thank goodness that he has had some time to reflect, maybe learn how to fight a little bit. He's probably sitting down in that Scarlet pit going, where did it go wrong? No, he was (laughs) was getting out of that thing. He was challenged. So the fact that you call him a chump, I find that very offensive, especially after he redeemed himself in this episode. Did he not, Brian? He was great in this episode and... And he was rocking a dad bod. How about that? Did you see that dad bod that he had going on? Oh, that it made me, me feel old. like I, it made me, yeah, it gave me hope. It made me feel like I was like, you know, oh, I can pull that off. Yeah, he was rocking my haircut and my dad bod. So I stand by that statement. Boba Fett oh at that God. time had not done anything cool. I'm glad he's learned how to do something. Maybe it took him losing all of his gear to rely on other skills. So we now learn that. Boba Fett's been tracking the Mandalorian throughout the whole season. And an immediate question I had was, why didn't he just take it from the good-looking sheriff on Tatooine? Why did he have to follow and track the Mandalorian all across the galaxy to get his armor back? Brian, you lack storytelling capabilities, (laughs) Brian. You are adding too much logic. Can't you just, again, enjoy the... Enjoy the episode, man. I we got to see we the got to storytelling see. thing I gain in practicality. It would have been much easier 
just to go over to Mr. Good-looking, you know, Dirt Town Sheriff and mess up his hair a little bit. We all know that he can fight with that gun without shooting it because he just mowed through a lot of stormtroopers, but he couldn't take his armor away from him? I mean, come on. I don't know. I'm glad that we finally saw Boba Fett do something cool. Now, my original statement was based on Mandalorian is the best Mandalorian out there where everybody at one point thought it was Boba Fett, and I still stand by it. You know, Mandalorian kicks ass, and he's still the coolest one. Yeah, yeah, all right, whatever. Okay, you just took the thunder out of that. (laughs) You just took the sail, the wind out of that sail, Brian. No, no, no. You can't even just enjoy how badass this whole thing was. Let's talk about what he's been doing. For an old man, he, he is a badass. Did you happen to catch that he had a gaffy stick and a cycler rifle? Did you happen to catch that? Yeah, that was awesome. Yes, that shows that he's been with the Tusken Raiders. They somehow have played into he this. He was doing the same thing Obi-Wan was doing. He was a creepy old hermit on Tatooine until some mission That's came. what, no, <laughs> you don't know that. We don't know that right now, Brian. We don't know that. We know Just that's get, where the Tusken Raiders are. We know that's where... And they took him in and they rescued him. Right, and, and they, he even and they said... Trained him at some point, it seemed like. I mean, the, the fact that he was doing that shit with the gaffy stick was bonkers man it was awesome it, it was. was and shattering each of those stormtroopers helmets it was just amazing yeah you know, i do like the show because it does show creative ways to kill stormtroopers whether you're going to roll that boulder like indiana jones down a hill yeah to get him or you're just going to beat him over the head with some kind of a tuscan raider club and that's where i think robert rodriguez really kind of just helmed this episode and he paid homage to all of that stuff and i think wayne wants to chime in for one second Wayne, go ahead. What is the point of the Stormtrooper's armor? Thank you. Right? Right? That thing doesn't protect for anything. We've known that through all the movies, right? But this particular episode shows, might as well just go in butt naked. Right. Okay, Mm. so from what I've understood is the Mandalorian armor, the metal that they make it out of is the only thing. Yeah, Veskar metal is the only thing that's worth a damn in that galaxy. How come there's not... They're not mining for that. They're not well, because they can't their find ships it. It, out it of is it. rare. They kind of it talk about rare. that. They talk about that in the first season, Brian. No, it's I understand that it's rare, but it is so good that I would expect that there are people trying to find this stuff. I mean, it is so valuable. One more thing that I need to address. We all need to take a moment of silence. We really need to mourn. And got some music to help us with that. Goodbye, Razor Crest. You are an amazing, amazing ship. And we will miss you very, very, very much. Thank you. What do you think of that? What do you think of that, Brian? You are full of surprises today. I, I know I am. It. You know what? I, I am yeah. loving it. We've I'm talked like... about how this show is going to evolve. <laughs> Guess what? Tony's in the game now, Can buddy. You... Play that chime again and do goodbye for the actor who played Darth Vader. That's where I thought you were going with this. Oh, r- really? Oh, yes. no. No, I think, no. <laughs> David Prowse, come on. What? He's not- David Prowse, you were an amazing Darth Vader. However, however, we all know that James Earl Jones is really the true Darth Vader. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> Woo! That's how I feel about that. And okay? please write all your fan mail to Tony at the knowledge of nothing.com. <laughs> <laughs>
I don't give that email address out, Brian. <laughs> so anyway, I'm just thinking how this thing is going to now set up in the future. So we see that the only thing that survived the Razor Crest from being destroyed was, of course, the ball, right? We started out with that thing, and I thought that was touching. I thought they really started out the episode with a really tender moment between Din Djarin and Grogu, right? It was nice. It was nice, right? The kind of plain catch. They kind of did that inside the ship today. I still love that part. Yeah, yeah it was great, it's right? so good. I mean, it's those little subtle things. The quiet moments. That I, I really appreciate. You know, this series has been a pretty important for my son and I, and we play catch and now to see them playing catch i mean it just kind of it pulls at the heartstrings a little bit i really like to see that whole human side of it yeah because this is a character that really doesn't show a lot of emotion you can't see facial expressions he kind of has a job where he has to be a little bit ruthless and now he's asked to care for this young child and do some things how do you convey emotion rather than through your voice but he's not a big talker either so You've got to do it through actions and and some expletives because we found out that Dink Ferrick is in the expletive and he says it in this episode too. You've got to do it through your actions and how protective he is of this child. You know, this child goes everywhere with him. You know how he talks to him, and now he's bonding by playing catch with the child. So I mean, it's just the whole thing I, I like. So where are we going with this? Yeah, I totally. I, I that's what I was waiting for, Brian. I was waiting for you to get to the punchline. You know, obviously they they touched upon it in this last episode that there's going to be a jailbreak heist. Yeah, how how cool is that that we got to see Bill Burr show right. up again? I'm so excited about that. I think that's going to be next week's episode. I think right. So we're starting to see now the sides forming, the chessboards kind of coming together, and. For the Mandalorian side, we're going to see Cara Dune. He's also got Ming-Na's character, who is Finnick Shown. We've got Ahsoka. We've got Greth Karjan. That's Grief Karga. Thank you. Grief Karga. Yeah. Brian, that's Grief Karga. Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers. <laughs> Can we just say their human names? Just say, uh, just say Apollo Creed, because that's what everybody you. knows him from, that's right? That's what I wanted to say. Yeah, like, just say Apollo Creed. That's like yeah, we got Apollo on. Creed right, coming in. We got Apollo, right? <laughs> we like, got Apollo. I'm like, what side do you want? What side's Apollo on? I'm on his side. <laughs> right, doing the little dance in the corner. All right, we've got Ahsoka Tano, we've got Mayfield, and we've got Boba Fett. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Bill Burr coming back. I mean, I guess there's rumor that he had not shot anything for this season, but uh, I guess, who knows, maybe season three, or are we going to see kind of a, a breakout of prison? I kind of sense that that's where the next episode's going to go. It's going to be a, some kind of breakout. I'm hoping for some kind of like Ocean's Eleven type. I was thinking more like Suicide Squad. I, I kind of feel like this has got that Suicide Squad kind of vibe to it. We're kind of getting all of these anti-heroes together as one to kind of go and now go against Moff Gideon. You can sense that something is really building up. And we only have two episodes left of this entire season. So we're going to see something huge next week. I don't know what that is, but I'm just shocked that we went from Ahsoka Tano, where I thought that that was the wow factor. I thought that that was, you can't get any better than this. And then this week, they bring back Boba Fett and I'm just blown away. And it was a masterful episode. So let's talk about the dark side, how their chess pieces are, are starting to form. You know, like, who are these guys going to go up against? Because it's not just Moth, Moth Gideon. Gideon. Yeah, you know, we're, we've already mentioned Grand Admiral Thrawn. And is Morgan Elsbeth, is she dead? 
we never actually saw her body, but we know she, the last we saw her, she was going up against Ahsoka. Well, true. And do we also think that Grand Admiral Thrawn, do you really think he's going to show up here at this early in this juncture Here's, in time? I think he's going to be a big part of season three. If we do see yeah. something, it might be, he's an admiral, right? So he's commanding all kinds of ships. So you might see his influence play out through this battle with support. Uh, maybe he provides some kind of cover fire for some main characters to get away. But I think he's going to be a bigger focus for season three. And I already sense this. I'm going to say it right now. I'm going to say that Din Djarin and Moff Gideon, we're going to have the Beskar spear and the dark saber going at it, brothers. They're going to be going at it. I cannot wait for this. I cannot wait for it. It's it, They're setting everything up. They're putting those chess pieces in place. And was it a coincidence that the only thing to survive out of the Razor Crest explosion was this huge spear? No, no, not at all. The other thing that I really kind of enjoyed about this episode, you start seeing Grogu. He's starting to play in the dark side a little bit. Did you notice him doing the force chokes on the stormtroopers? That scared me more than anything out of this episode because it now is showing that what Ahsoka is saying is kind of true and maybe he cannot be trained or cannot be tamed and they're pissing him off, which we all know leads to the dark side. So he's still a young one and where are they going to go with this? No, I totally agree. I'm looking forward to that. That's going to be a fun aspect to explore. Yeah, and the fact that they were doing those force chokes and he was just doing all of that stuff, boy, he's starting to go down a path that's just, we've been here before and we all know what happens there. So we're hoping that at some point he saves the day or he kind of changes where he's going and maybe he's going to go to the light side. Wayne, what are your thoughts? Well, I had a question for you guys because... Obviously, Grogu, he was on that rock, and he reached out to someone with the Force. Do you guys have any guesses on who he may have reached out to? Well, who's left? Yeah, I don't, yeah, so I don't know. We have Ahsoka, so we know Luke is out there. Around. We Leia, sort of, maybe she can hear it, is out there. No, but I mean, if, uh, hmm. You know, maybe Ben? I don't know. Or maybe Palpatine? Do you think the dark side could hear? I don't know. You know, this is they're pulling a lot from the animated series. One of the theories right now is maybe Ezra. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And everybody's kind of talking about Ezra. So that is another thing that folks keep bringing up as well. And Ezra, they kind of left it ambiguous as to, to where he was and where he ended up. Very much well could be. I mean, with Dave Filoni in charge of the series, kind of, it seems like he's the driving force behind the narrative very well could be playing in that arena with rebels and whatnot. It's very interesting no matter where they go, no matter what they do. I said this last week, but I'm going to say it again. This is my favorite episode ever of The Mandalorian. And the fact that I could contradict myself and change my mind within a week for right now. <laughs> it's funny because you're not known to do such things. I mean, usually once you make it an opinion, you stick with it pretty solidly. I mean, there's no oh, changing Brian, that mind. Why, why do you have to... <laughs> Why do you always have to go there, Brian? That's not uh, very nice, okay? <laughs> I'm, 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 at least I'm admitting it, it's okay? My dark side What's your favorite episode? Um, I still like 13, The Jedi. To me, that was still my favorite one of the season. You know why you like The Jedi so much, Brian? Everybody thought that Boba Fett was this badass in the galaxy, but I'm not so convinced anymore. I think he was kind of a chump. 
That's exactly why you like the Jedi, Brian. That is exactly yeah. why. Because you can't bring yourself to say that, you know what? This was an awesome episode, and Boba's rocking the dad bod. Boba's kicking ass. He's got those knee darts. We finally see those knee darts in action. <laughs> oh, darts. it was just fantastic. Robert Rodriguez just was awesome and on point. And you know what? With that said, we're on to the next one. There you go. Oh, wait. I don't get a, just a second for a rebuttal? No, 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 no. You've already <laughs> had two seconds. You had three seconds. I don't want to hear anymore. What Here it is. Actually, no, I go ahead. I stand by that. Boba Fett was a chump. He didn't do much in this thing. Now, granted, we've seen him do more oh, in this episode so, than we oh ever saw God. him do in the past. Oh. And granted, yeah, he can bash in stormtroopers' heads like the best of them, but who doesn't kill a stormtrooper in this? But is he a chump, No, Brian? what's one up from a chump? Um... Is he a chump, Brian? It is a yes or a no question. You're going to hear that a lot from me. Is it a yes or a no? Stay on point, Brian. Stay on target. Stay on target. Chump when I or made not. that statement, yes, a chump. But now that he is he a chump now? Currently, no. Thank you, thank you. All right, yay! I win, I win. You know what? We're on to the next subject. You heard it there first, Brian. Brian just says he's not a chump anymore. They didn't make a Boba Fett show because it wouldn't be entertaining. <laughs> Oh, I'm entertained by this segment 100%. So you know what? Brian says he's no longer a chump. That's all I wanted to hear. Okay, so let's, let's move, move on, on to the next chapter. Now that we got chapter 14 out of the way, thank you very much, Brian. Still thinking that Poba Fett is a chump? Jeez Louise. I can't, I, can't get, I can't get over what this guy says. Anyhow, we're going to go on to chapter 15, which was The Believer. And as we all suspected, somebody came back and with a vengeance in this episode. We're going to start the segment right after a word from our sponsors. Looking for a new year refresh? Aren't we all? Visit the Soy Cat Candles online store and stock up on all-natural 100% soy wax candles infused with essential oils, animal earth and human friendly. Visit www.soycatcandles.com. That's www. Dot S-O-Y-C-A-T-C-A-N-D-L-E-S.com. Soy, soy Cat Candles. 100% soy, 100% possum. To avoid spoilers for The Mandalorian Chapter 15, skip to 2801. Chapter 15 was The Believer. Okay, Brian has some thoughts on that title, so why don't you just... Spill yeah. it on us right now, Brian. Why The Believer? I'm kind of in sync with most of the Mandalorian titles, but The Believer kind of had me scratching my head a little bit. Well, obviously, you didn't listen to anything that was said in that broadcast, Brian. The Believer was all about beliefs, systems, questioning things. Are we doing things the right way? It was a philosophical kind of dance. I guess. This is just a filler episode. This was... Uh, this was uh, well, how like, can you say it was a filler episode? We got to see Boba Fett in his new armor. Yeah. You know, it was all nice, nice and nice paint job. And he came in and he saved the day again, Brian. He saved the day again. So you know what? He is taking your theory of chumpness and he's just putting it through the meat grinder right now. Oh, okay? Goodness. I can't. But the one thing that I did take away from this, this episode was just how deep and philosophical it was. Questioning things. Bill Burr's character comes back, and his character was... Mayfield. Mayfield. That whole conversation that he was having with Din Djarin was just kind of really kind of cool. And it shows you, we all can 
believe different things. But it's always that perspective that is going to kind of taint how we act and why we act. Taint is a good word. Here's where I think I was a little disappointed in Bill Burr's character. We last saw him being double-crossed by the Mandalorian and getting arrested. I don't know if prison life has softened him up, but what I was hoping for was this jailbreak heist type of show, and then somewhere Mayfield double-crossing the Mandalorian. And that's what I was hoping for. But at no point did he lie to them or double-cross them. He wasn't the ruthless thug that we saw in season one. And I was waiting for that. And I was a little disappointed that we didn't see it. To me... Are you kidding me, Ryan? When he kills the general or the admiral or whatever that guy was, when he kills him inside there and they let him go, this story was about redemption, Brian. It was not about getting one over on somebody else. Plus, it set things up for him to become one of these new rangers, hopefully, maybe. Absolutely. That's what I was going to say. This is They're setting up the Rangers of the New Republic show with Cardoon and now Mayfield. They're slowly but surely setting up their team, their cast. And you remember Young Guns? With, uh, with uh, Emilio Estevez. and yep. uh, love and, those movies. Right, right. Bon Jovi. But this is going to be like the old like, regulators of the Old West. <laughs> the one thing I really want to just call out in this episode was Pedro Pascal's acting in this film. I mean, in, the, in this episode. Oh, you saw acting? I would love... Where did you see acting? Because I just saw him stand there. What, what are you talking about, Brian? He just I, stood there. No, I thought his acting was impeccable. I thought you could see the, the pain in his face the entire time that his mask was off. And um, where was I at? You were talking about the pain in his face. His, yes, the pain his, in his, his clean-shaven, mustached face. <laughs> I'm no, sure glad he was, that he has a sense for fashion under that helmet. <laughs> Well, he looks like Burt Reynolds to me. He always he has. He does. He absolutely I like does. I, like I do that. too. Should... I love a good mustache, and he's got one. I know, one. <laughs> and and he, yeah. By the way, if you haven't seen him in Kingsman, the sequel, you need to watch it because he was oh, very good. Absolutely, in that. I love him in that. There was acting. There yes. was acting right there. Here, no, that was action, Brian. <laughs> acting is a different thing, Brian. Okay, well, you okay, Linda? <laughs> you tell me when <laughs> what party he was acting in. That whole sequence when he had to take his helmet off, you could tell he was struggling with it. And to have Mayfield come in and save the day and redeem himself, what I've been impressed with when it comes to The Mandalorian is that we are not getting the same character week after week after week. We are, but we're also seeing growth. We're also seeing character arcs. We're also seeing these characters evolve as human beings. And that is the one thing that I am really enjoying about this. When we can have all of these action-packed sequences with Chapter 14 bringing back Boba and before that Ahsoka, those are all awesome. But these little one-offs, I know they f- tend to feel like fillers, but to me, that's where we see the meat of these characters develop and do things that they normally wouldn't do in other action-packed episodes. But that's not to say that there was not plenty of action in this episode because there was. Yeah, there was action. At some point, I seriously thought that Mayfield was going to die in this episode based on what we know about the Mandalorian's culture, his beliefs, that he can't show his face to any living thing. So, but it put him in a predicament, Brian, that, that yeah, was brought yeah. up earlier in the episode that Mayfield even mentioned. Yeah, talk about it foreshadowing. In, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know. And it proved his point. It's usually those points in life where you kind of have this set way of thinking about things. 
And then you're challenged on those beliefs or you're challenged on those ideals that you then can grow and evolve from there. So that is what I see as a metaphor for this entire episode, and that's why I loved it. I think he summed it up very nicely in one of the last scenes of this episode where he sends that hologram to Moth Gideon, him saying this child means more to him than he will ever know, which is very similar to what Moth Gideon's message was to him in season one, episode seven. The whole phrase is word for word, except for one thing, the Mandalorian calls the child he means more to me than you will ever know. So we know that to be true because he has now gone against his whole belief system that he has grown up his whole life following to get the key piece of information that they need. See, so Brian, it was a very special episode of it, I The Mandalorian. Know. I want to go there. You know, oh, just... it was. I would. <laughs> oh, it was. It was Brian, so... Brian, just, just So please, rainbows just of butterflies. It, <laughs> it just, was. Just float on the wind. Wayne, I think, wants to chime in. Wayne, yeah, please ahead. save us. What did you guys think about the, kind of the role reversal they'd showed? They had those tankers, or whatever you want to call them, and they were saved by the TIE fighters, and then saved by the stormtroopers, and it was like, <laughs> they got this hero's welcome. It's like, oh, are they really the bad guys? I told Sarah, I had never been so happy to see TIE fighters in my entire life. And again, you're now second guessing everything that you have been brought up to believe about the Empire and about the TIE fighters and, and the dark side. And here you are cheering because the dark side's here. Do you know why they've got such the hero's welcome when they got to that base? Because it must have been the first time in Star Wars history that a stormtrooper won a fight or hit something when they shot something or didn't just get blasted to smithereens. This group has such a bad reputation of failing at things. Oh my gosh, we actually got our cargo back? Wow, shut the city down. Let's celebrate. <laughs> and, uh, I was so excited to see those TIE fighters too. I'm like, wow, and they hit something. I love it. <laughs> it was great. But again, it puts you in a position where you normally would despise or even dread the fact that those things were in play. And it also brought up the question about those rebels that really wanted to destroy those tankers. Were they honestly doing the right thing? But it is these episodes, these smaller episodes that I enjoy a lot more than most people would because it really brings everything back to the characters. And without great characters, you can't really get invested in these people. You can't really get invested in the storylines unless you care about these folks. And that's what I think this episode brought. Now, next episode, the season finale, you know shit's going to hit the fan. You know things are going to go balls to the wall again, and there's going to be some kind of cliffhanger. We don't know what that is yet. I'm looking forward to that, and I cannot wait to see that. Brian, you have final thoughts? This episode wasn't one of my favorites, but I do understand the necessity of it. I like what they're doing. They are definitely building a, a Marvel-type universe right now with these episodes. The Marvel Universe does a phenomenal job on character building and then weaving their storylines together. So now we almost expect it. This may be a Captain Marvel movie, but who else are we going to see in this? You know, we already know that we're going to see Doctor Strange in a Spider-Man movie. And Tony Stark and Captain America were in multiple movies together. So we're going to start seeing this. All these storylines are going to start rolling into one ongoing theme. And I love it. It gets us invested. We know all about the character. We know about their storyline. And it keeps you watching everybody's storyline just so you know what's going on in other places. And before we move on, one more thing. Programming note. January 10th, 
January 10th will be the time that you will come back and listen to us, and we will give you our take on the season two finale of The Mandalorian. That gives you plenty of time to catch up now. All right, before we get on to the next segment, here's a word from our sponsors. This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Conmen. K-O-N-M-E-N. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Let's all give a sigh of relief that 2020 is almost over. But this year wasn't all hardships. I know that we all struggled in certain ways, and I don't want to dwell on that. So in this segment, I'd like to discuss what are some of our new discoveries? What are some of the skills that we've learned Maybe we finally got to a project that we've always meant to get to, just never found the time to do it. Tony, did you have any of those discoveries? I actually had quite a few discoveries for 2020. Again, very hard year for a lot of folks. And I think we briefly mentioned this in the past. All three of us were furloughed at some specific points from our jobs, which kind of forces you to do one of two things. You can sit there and just dwell on that. Or you can go out and try to find some things that can help you get through this time. And some of those best discoveries that really helped me during that time, I'm going to first start off with an app of all things. I love apps. It was called Masterclass. It is a little bit on the pricey side, but there were so many things that I learned through this Masterclass. It is an app where you can hear lectures from all walks of life, all different kind of creative folks on there. You've got Thomas Keller for cooking. You've got Aaron Franklin. You've got Steve Martin on comedy. You've got Judy Bloom on writing and Malcolm Gladwell on writing. So it is just this cool thing that you can be a part of and just watch these classes. And a couple of them really struck out to me. Thomas Keller, first of all, he is the owner of the French Laundry, which has been rated as one of the top restaurants in all of the world, learning just classical ways to cook. My wife, Sarah, really loves to cook. And we've been watching these classes together and experiencing some of these lessons and exploring them in the kitchen. That has been, brought me such joy I can't even describe it. It's just something that has helped me kind of nourish her and help her in the kitchen. She's always the one that's been cooking. She loves to cook. But I see me kind of growing in that role where I want to be the provider for her. I want to cook for her. I learned how to do sourdough. Of all things, can you believe it's sourdough bread? I think everybody's done that. I think that's going to be one of the top things to Google in 2020. But we got a starter dough and went through several iterations until we can figure out how to make it. And now I make sourdough bread like a pro. So <laughs> again, this masterclass is just something that was surprisingly in-depth hearing these lectures and, and just really learning about what is out there and taking a little bit of control for yourself. And just whether it's in the kitchen, whether it's in the garden with Ron Finley, just some of these things that can help you grow as a person. Masterclass has to be one of those best discoveries of 2020 for me personally. 
Brian, what about you? Well, let me just start off with saying I've heard you talk about Masterclass and you talking to me about it has done more than any advertisement that I've seen. I absolutely will be subscribing to this Masterclass app based on you and your recommendation. And I don't even know if you realize it, but sometimes you'll come to me and go, oh my gosh, I just watched this Masterclass last night and it was about this, this and that. And I had no idea I did that. Yeah, absolutely. You talked to me about Steve Martin. You've talked to me about the gardening guy. You've talked to me about the sourdough bread guy. You've talked to me. And I know I'm not doing it justice. I'm not speaking of it as eloquently as you did. But based on your recommendation, I will definitely be checking out this app. That's something that I want to do. And I have looked into it a little bit. And there are a lot of good speakers on there that I would be very personally interested in you know, sitting through a lecture or watching and having them teach me a certain skill because that is awesome. I support that find of yours. I know that you enjoy it. I think a lot of people would enjoy it and I'm looking forward to it. That being said, sourdough bread was one of the things that I tried in 2020. I YouTubed it. I didn't get a masterclass on it and maybe that's where <laughs> I went wrong. We made wild yeast and my wife and I wow, did Wow, how do you make wild yeast? Flour and water, and you let, let it sit on your counter, and you feed it every day, and it just expands and grows. And we were really excited, and I'm like, oh my gosh, we finally got the amount that we wanted. Now, finding a bread bowl over the internet was challenging, because now, now that we have the, the dough and the starter, and we want to start making it, what do we put it in? How do we cook it? You know, that was that was something that we didn't think through. And we put it in the refrigerator to kind of put the yeast to sleep so we wouldn't have to grow it every day. And then we checked on it three weeks later and the whole thing was black. And I think we killed it. We had to throw the whole thing out. We were so disappointed. But it made me think, hey, we could do this if we just followed through with it and didn't forget about it. This is the thing that we did that kind of helped us with that. There are places you can actually buy a starter dough. And the one that we got from was called Heartbeat Kitchen. And it was this lady named Amanda. She has had the same starter. She's been doing this mother dough. She's been using it for 13 years. And its original heritage is from Australia. And it comes in powder form. We bought it. She sent it to us. And it actually has a name. Its name is Nina. Nina. So we, yes, Nina. Nina my neighbor's, sourdough. My neighbor is named Nina. Oh, really? So, so it'd be weird eating a bread named after her. But that made things so much easier for us regarding the sourdough starter. Because, again, we didn't want to get into that whole thing where we would forget about it and then it would kind of turn black on us. Just buying a starter dough and having that handy at any given time has worked out tremendously for us. I have to admit, though, leaving it on the counter and just checking on it every day, and it got, I, I know this might be gross to some people, but I was actually kind of getting a kick out of it. You open up that container, it's got that strong, pungent, yeasty smell to it. I'm like, oh my gosh, something is actually working here and seeing progress and watching it double in size. This is just from wild yeast in the air. We're all breathing it. We all have it all around us. And it was just kind of amazing to watch it grow. And it was a lot of fun. And it was something that my wife and I were doing together until we killed it. It was it was like a plant or a pet. And I could really see why people get into this hobby. It is fascinating. Yeah, it really is. This is a different segment you probably 
weren't expecting this kind of level of deepness for this. Segment. We'll get on to other things. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, I promise we'll get back to pop quickies. But uh, yeah, just Brian, was there anything else that you had that was like a best discovery of 2020 for you? If this were a normal year, I work a lot. I'm not able to watch a lot of TV with my wife and spend some like quality time. And quality time is like... The kids have just gone to bed. We don't have to worry about homework or cleaning and just doing the housely chores. Just time where my wife and I can spend some relaxing moments together. And we discovered some shows that I really got into that aren't usually part of my normal shows. We got into a show on Hulu called The Great. It was about Kathleen the Great and it was about her being like the queen of Russia. But I really enjoyed that show. We watched it every night. Also, Tony, I picked up one of your recommendations and we binged watched as a family. What? Yeah, a I recommendation know. of mine? You actually had a good one, finally. Wow. <laughs> they wow. can't all be misses. Cobra Kai, season one and two. And I know you were a fan from the YouTube days, but now that it's on Netflix. Damn right I was. Now that it's on Netflix, I discovered it with my family, and we all got into Cobra Kai. I shared the Karate Kid movies with my kids, who all of a sudden were interested in it, and I am really looking forward to season three coming out next month. I can't wait for season three. I think we posted a little trailer on our Facebook page. Yes, we did. And my biggest show discovery this year of 2020 would have to be The Queen's Gambit, which dropped about a month or so ago, maybe two months ago on Netflix. If you love chess, you're going to love this show. But I, for one, loved chess growing up. But after watching this show, it just kind of reminded me how much I did love chess and how much I wanted to keep playing it. The show itself was beautiful. It was elegant. It was kind of like a brief history lesson. So if you like just history, if you like chess, it's just a good drama. I recommend it. Wow. That's awesome. Before I get to my last discovery, I want to check in with Wayne. I know, Wayne, 2020 has been kind of a rough year, right? And have you had any kind of discoveries that you would like to share with our audience? Yes, absolutely. Uh, there's a few. And just with anybody else this year, I think a lot of us had to reassess what was important to us and also how to deal with the challenges that we face. And it allowed me to reconnect with some of my passions. And one always has been video games. And I think that's been a great coping mechanism slash escape for me. And specifically the Animal Crossing New Horizons game. I never played any game in that series up until now. My wife and I, we got day one, and we play it every damn day. And it's just been a great way to, for us to feel like we're getting out and doing something and getting out in the world. Sounds strange, but yes. Go ahead, Tony. And if you ever have a chance to go to Wayne and Dana's Island, I highly, highly suggest that you hop on your plane, buy your ticket, and get your ass there. It is absolutely amazing. So I just want to give you a little plug on Animal Crossing <laughs> because I've been to their island, and it is Awesome. Wait, I am not familiar. I mean, I know of Animal Crossing, but I've never played the game. You go to islands and you guys made an island? This particular version, you have a tropical island and then you build it up from scratch. It's a very low-key sim game, if you want to describe it, but it's very light. It was a great distraction for this year. Sounds like fun. But regards to like shows, the only one really that stood out for me was Picard. I'm a big John Luke Picard Star oh, Trek I fan. God about that one. That was a good oh, one. that was such so a good show. Good sh that's so good. It I couldn't good. get I couldn't get past I, episode two. What are you talking? Uh, about? No, actually, even episode one, I couldn't get it past it. I'm that sorry. is such a good uh, series. I'm with you, Wayne. We did get a listener recommendation on Picard. I did Ooh. reply that maybe for season two, we'll start bringing that up. Sounds good. 
Oh, joy. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be just Brian and I just yeah, talking yeah, about it totally, the whole time. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Our fans out there are Picard fans, and they are asking for it. As for new discoveries or new skills, I've learned to refurbish watches now, as well as pocket knives. Making the best of a situation, my grandfather passed away earlier, but get with his everyday wristwatch, and I was able to refurbish that and kind of take it apart, fix it up, clean it up. So it's something that I get to keep and carry going forward. Oh, that's pretty cool, Wayne. That is really cool. I'm sorry to hear about your grandfather. It was unfortunate, but we still had a chance to bring the family together, even during these trying, difficult times. And last thing, I got to try jumping stilts. So that's a random thing. My wife's best friend happened to have these at his home, and he was telling me, hey, you should try these. These are a great workout. I went, sure. Okay, so we went to a local park, put them on, and I was like running around with them for about 45 minutes to an hour. Tell me was it, somebody's got easy? video of that. Oh, my God. It, they do? I always wanted to oh do that. Oh, my gosh. We yes. have to see that. I would oh, yes. love to I, see that. I smell an Instagram <laughs> post. I also smell a Facebook post. We have to see that. I can. Wayne. Oh, Wow. Wayne, Wayne, was it was it easy or was it harder or was it about what you expected it to be? It was unnerving at first because you are it gives you about a three three and a half foot lift, give or take. But it took me about fifteen minutes to kind of get used to it. I was using a playground to hold on to while I was walking around to kind of give me some kind of support. But once you kind of get used to the locomotion, it's like okay, then you start me, walking around the park. Did you or did you not dunk a basketball? No, there was no, 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 I no. Unfortunately, there was no basketball hoop in the park that I was at. Oh man, that would have been one of the first things I ran to (laughs) because I cannot do it on my own. I would have to need those kind of stilts. (laughs) I don't think I was confident enough to start jumping in those, but I did do like, like nice little light trot. So that was a lot of fun. How fun Uh, was, would that be? Wow. (laughs) It's weird though. It is really weird. That is so cool. And just to kind of close out, this is kind of related to what we are doing right now with this podcast, I was able to reconnect with my sound engineering or sound editing, which I used to do way back in the day. And this opportunity with this podcast has allowed me to explore that again, go back into the weeds and learn new skills, new techniques, and I'm loving it. So I'm grateful for this opportunity, grateful to be working with you two guys and just getting the chance to kind of get that creative itch going and kind of exploring what that path leads to. Wow. And Wayne, this show we said it once, we've said it a hundred times. This show would not be anything without you. Totally agree. Wayne was a kind of a last minute addition to the show, if you will. But I felt that he had this passion and I wanted to give him some kind of avenue to explore that. Brian and I are so grateful that we did because we owe so much to Wayne for the sound of the show and for just listening to us for hours on end in his head. I don't know how he does it. Cutting us and all of the, I don't know how he does it either. and makes us sound somewhat decent. And then if you don't know, some of our commercials that we have and also some of the other teasers and things that we've kind of come up audio-wise, that has been all Wayne and his wonderful wife, Dana. And without them, you wouldn't see hardly any of the creativity that's on the show. And we are so indebted to him. I just want to take this time to, to say thank you. I mirror everything Tony just said. You are easily the hardest working person on the show. And one of the things that I was going to bring up was this podcast we all discovered during 2020. None of us going into this year knew anything about podcasting. It may be painfully obvious, but it, this is a, a learn as you go process for us. But One of the biggest takeaways I have from this process is 
getting to know you, Wayne. And I know you and Tony have had a friendship prior to all three of us working together, but you and I met on the show and I'm thankful for that. You have quickly become a close friend and I now see why Tony is so much in love with you. I get it. <laughs> and uh, and uh, That's um, right. I couldn't That's be thankful, right. more thankful for it. Uh, Wayne, you are a huge part of the show. More importantly to me, you and I are good friends now. You've heard me talk at nauseum, I'm sure. You probably know more about me than you ever thought you wanted to or ever do want to. But I'm thankful that this show has brought us together as friends, and it's great. My biggest takeaway from 2020 is spending time with my family. And this was an, a blessing in disguise. This was something that I needed but didn't ask for. I didn't even know I wanted it at the time. But when I was furloughed from my job, I was furloughed for several weeks. And I was upset. I was, you know, I didn't know how to take it, but I quickly realized that I have the time now that I always wanted to with my family, my wife and my two kids. And I loved it. I loved every minute of it. And I, uh, I think, I think, I think you need to shoot some kudos to me because I think there was something that I had told you that was a very life affirming, <laughs> very life affected thing that I influenced you so much. What was that, Brian? I need to hear that. Influenced. <laughs> but my point being is I spent some well-needed time kind of recharging my batteries, spending it with my family, who are my most favorite people on this planet. And I could not ask for a better gift. And I realized that not everybody is in my situation and how fortunate I truly am. But it has brought that all to light. And Tony, what did you tell me? Because I know what it is, but I don't know if I could say it the way you said it. No, 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 no. I, I won't say it. Because yeah. I'm... You know what? Let's keep that between us. I know. Yeah. And we will. But you're absolutely right. And it influenced me. And thank you for saying it because without you kind of bringing it to light, I wouldn't be at the place that I am now. And I really do appreciate it. So thank you. You're welcome. That's all I wanted to hear. Thank you. <laughs> That's my greatest discovery of 2020 right there, folks. Again, I can't, I can't really, this year has just brought so much to light to me. There was one book that really influenced me this year. It was a book called Sapiens by Yuval Noah Harari. It really just put things in perspective to me. It really uh, saw us as a species. It reaffirmed that what this whole virus has done is nothing new. It's new to us because we're the ones that are experiencing it in different ways and the ways that it's occurring. But this is something that has happened throughout history. You need to kind of just look at the bigger scope of life. And because of that book, because of other factors in my life, I actually left my job. I was furloughed, went back for a while, and I left. And I moved out of California. I moved halfway across the country. I now own a home on five acres, and I absolutely love it. To me, the whole key takeaway for this year, if there's one thing, just try to take a little bit of control in your life. You don't realize how much you're dependent on other factors, whether it's your job, whether it's the food that you eat, the state that you live in. Just by taking some type of control in your life and giving you some kind of slice of something that is yours, 
whether that's going hunting and fishing and be more dependent, please do it. You're doing yourself a favor in just knowing that I can do something different. I am not going to be a slave to this virus. I am not going to be a slave to my job. I'm not going to be a slave to the food that is in the grocery stores. I can do things for me. And that was the whole key takeaway for, for this year. If there's one lesson I want to impart on everybody is stop saying but, okay? That to me is your dependent side talking. Stop saying but, saying I will. I will do this, I will do that, and just do it. Take a little bit of control in your life, and that has been my key takeaway and my best discovery of 2020. Thank you. Well, that was fun, kind of reflecting on the past year, but let's... Oh, my God. Let's jump Can in. Can we lighten this up? <laughs> <laughs> let's jump into some pop quickies. Let's do it. Thank God. Woo! It's time for Pop, Pop. Pop quickies. Let's see what we got for today for our pop quickies. Thank God. Yes, let's lighten it up a little bit. Yeah, we're going to switch some gears. Starting off with this, Brian brought this character up maybe a week or two ago regarding Scarlet Witch. <laughs> now, wow. Oh, man. Wow. Jeez. I know, I know. You don't waste any fucking time, do you, Wayne? Woo. Oh, heck no. <laughs> I got I to gotta jump on it while it's hot. I love it. I do too. Which character do you guys like better? Scarlet Witch? Or Black Widow? I think everybody knows my answer already. I am a fan of Scarlet Witch. She is the most powerful Avenger out there. She can kick some ass, and I am a huge fan. I am team Black Widow, baby. Black Widow all the way. You know what? Again, I have to bring this up. Redhead, hello. Bing, 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 bing. So Scarlet Redhead Witch. alert. Not only that, she could kick your ass. No, no, no. Scarlet Witch, is, she's got too much baggage, man. She's got too much drama. Oh, I know man. that. I know Natasha has a little bit of baggage, but you know what? It's all what? good. Natasha changes her hair color in every show, so you can't just call her a redhead. She is oh, she versatile. Is so- but I think mine Scarlet is more Witch, about it's Scarlet Johansson. It's in the name. It's no. Scarlet Witch. It's <laughs> read the no, comics. Scarlet Johansson, she... dude. All I have to say is just watch Lost in Translation, and you will see exactly why. Hands down, Black Widow is the bomb. Black Widow is just a great Scarlet character. Scarlet Witch anyway. was about to take down Thanos. She was whooping his ass before he decided to say, you know, like let all the missiles fall down. I don't care if it hits my army. But this chick's kicking my ass. Let's uh, let's uh, get something done here. She is yeah. a scorned woman. He killed her boyfriend, and she's pissed. <laughs> and uh, you know, yeah. But again, the Black Widow all the way. Black Widow is a strong woman. I love strong women. I love redheads. I love just every aspect. I'm with you of, there. Strong uh, women and redheads, women. love them all too. But yes. Scarlet yes. Witch is where it's at. Yeah, she's gonna, like, <laughs> like I said, she, there's just too much like uh, my brother, my lover. Black Widow is more of like independent woman. I don't need a man. I'm going to take charge of my life. I'm going to decide what I need to do. And you know what? There's nothing hotter than a woman that is independent, a redhead, and knows how to fight and kick some ass. Hey, I think we're singing the same Black song Black Widow here. all the way. We're singing the same song here. This is two sides of the same coin. All right, wait, Tony, what else you got? Okay. <laughs> Tony, I totally agree with you on that assessment. All right. Thank you. Right. Strong, Thank you. independent redheads that could kick ass. All right. More exactly, Scarlet for me. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Well, you know, to kind of flip it, though, we have to be fair now. For the male characters, you have Thor. 
right? Yeah. But also, compared to Star-Lord. Oh. So you got the two guys known as the Asgardians of the Galaxy, Yes. So Thor or Star-Lord? Oh. You know, I have mine, I, but if you want to go, Tony, go ahead. Uh, Thor, baby. Thor I mean, is where God, it's at. Give me the Thor God of the Thunder. Thor the God of Thunder. <laughs> I love Peter Quill. I think he's a great character. But when it comes to the hotness factor, it's yeah. not there. I mean, I mean, he's he's cool. He's witty. He's funny. He kind of reminds me of like me in a certain way. No, like, no, no. Don't ruin I Thor that, for me. No, 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 not Thor. <laughs> I'm talking about Quill. Peter Quill. So no, true. I am. You I'm are... talking about Peter Quill. <laughs> okay, okay. I kind of like this dorky kind of dude that's just like <laughs> oh, happens man. upon like in fact, I these think, hot women in I his think life. Peter and, Quill is a little bit of a stretch for you. <laughs> I know exactly. I, I don't look anything like him. <laughs> I don't even think I'm Drax, quite frankly. <laughs> I, I think I'm that character that's coming up in Black Widow, the Russian dude that's played by, uh, oh, what the hell is his name from Stranger Things? I don't know. What's oh. his name? But You know where I'm getting at. I, anyway, I know you're getting at, so, but yeah, go ahead. Thor. Thor all the Thor, way. Thor I mean, had geez, one. I think he's like, he is a perfect specimen of a human being, of a male human being. He is hot. He has thunder. He's kind of clueless, but funny in a certain way. He's just awesome. I mean, Thor all the way. I'm Team Thor. I agree with you. I am also Team Thor, especially Thick Thor. You know, he was... They took Thick Thor. Oh yeah, from no! Endgame. Fuck no that, way! No. That was awesome. Give me the chiseled. Give me, give me the chiseled Thor fucking just. Who wants to play video games and drink beer? One of the funniest no. moments of Endgame was him and Peter Quill at the end, just discussing who's in charge of the shit there, and just that was funny. Just his facial expressions was so funny. But I'm with no, you. No, but you need to give the me God you need of Thunder me is where it's at. Thor kicks ass. He's funny he's passionate he's loyal i don't know what more you need i mean this guy lebowski lebowski, lebowski thor? thor is not where yes, it's at. it is give me that chiseled yes, give me man that of real, steel god of no thunder way. give me that no god I, I want that god body you bring it on well, baby come here come here thor. thor give me some love give me some love give me a big, on Friday big night. smooch <laughs> i'm telling you didn't wait i don't talk like... to us about talking over each other come on <laughs> hey lebowski thor go see brian you oh, know what man. chiseled god of thunder thor come to me baby no way there you, you go. couldn't you couldn't keep up with Chiseled God of Thunder Thor. Least- Damn right, yeah. <laughs> Use me and abuse me. Do whatever oh you want God. with me. It's I all on. I will drink beer and play video games with Lebowski <laughs> Thor any day. Have fun with that. <laughs> Bring it will. on, God of Thunder. I certainly will. Bring it on. And then when he wanted to kick Thanos' ass, that lightning bolt that just braided that Viking beer of him, I've never seen a Marvel character look so metal in my life. I was like such a fan. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so chiseled <laughs> Thor. Bring right? it on. Wayne? Lebowski. I want Lebowski, Thor, Thor and Scarlet Witch, please. <laughs> God. Jeez. Boy, we, we're willing to see that Brian's willing to compromise on his. Uh, They're so his, compromising. Uh, yes, there is. I want to play video games with Thor. I absolutely uh, do. Right, the way he spoke to new. I don't. Sixty nine. You come on, Thor. Come on, baby. Okay. <laughs> All right. On to the next. On to the next one. <laughs> All right, guys. Next question. Of these two things, which one are you willing to go without? Your cell phone or Wi-Fi at your home? My cell phone. I hate how dependent I am on my cell phone. 
I want to cut the cord on that. I just, I just don't like it. I look at my cell phone several times a day. I have very OCD qualities and tendencies. So like when there's a notification or if there's a, that little red dot with a number in it on some certain app on whatever it is, it drives me crazy knowing that it's there. So I have to clear that off the screen, probably look at my phone 150 times a day, if not more. And I hate that aspect about myself. I wish I can cut that cord. I want it gone from my life. I really do. But for whatever reason, I've structured my life to be dependent on it on a lot of things I do. I don't like social media. I don't like the fact that my answering my email is so accessible. It brings a lot of conveniences to me. But the flip side is I've realized how dependent I am on it. And I don't like that aspect of myself. I wish I could just cut that cord. That was so deep. <laughs> Oh gosh, I love Boy, it. Boy, I, I just heard it. you. I just heard you ran for like five I love minutes. What you whispered to me? <laughs> yes, I know. I just have to say that you know I wanted to be my cell phone. I'm in the same boat Brian is in. That is just, I'm too dependent on it. But I cannot live without Wi-Fi in my house. I cannot live without my lights doing this shit. Hey Siri, turn my lights to red. First world problems. Let me tell you. <laughs> Turn my lights to red. <laughs> Turn the studio lights to red. Should we tell the audience that it's not working? <laughs> yeah. Oh, there it goes. Oh, there it goes. <laughs> I, I can't. I can't. I can't. I cannot not have this in my life. You couldn't get I up and just turn them red yourself? No, what? fuck no. I can't look it on the app. I need Siri to tell me to turn my fucking lights red. Oh, I need her to do that. I. That is something that brings me such joy in my life. <laughs> My phone, get fucking kick this shit to the curb. I need to fucking kick this anyway. But you know what? Uh, I was talking about being a little bit more independent in my life. I'm too dependent on this goddamn cell phone. But I'll be dependent till the day I die on Siri changing my motherfucking lights to motherfucking red. <laughs> it looks like a like a what do you call those uh, like. When you, like a strip rooms. club? No, what, no, hey! No. When you develop photos, what do you call dark, that? A dark room. Dark room. It looks oh, like a dark, dark room. room. Yes, yes, yeah, strip yeah. club. <laughs> That's yeah, I was thinking that you were going to say, <laughs> hello, Trinity is coming oh, up to the man. stage. We got a two for one today, guys. Actually, it's a three for one. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's a different podcast, yes. Tony. Yeah. I know, totally. <laughs> all right. All right, next question. Would you guys rather be a jack of all trades or a master of some? Jack of all trades. I feel like I have a general knowledge on a lot of things and I'm happy about that, but I am certainly not a master in anything. And I think if I were, it would kind of consume my life and really kind of close a lot of doors to other discoveries out there. So I think I'd rather just kind of know a little bit about a lot of things rather than just be a master on one thing. Boy, that is a deep question. I was not. Gosh, right. As I'm just... sitting in my dark room. <laughs> In your stripper room? I was room. not ready for that. I, I was not ready for, yeah. <laughs> you just need a pole in the background just to complete the whole scenario. Don't give him ideas. I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. We got Ruby coming up to the oh stage. Uh, anyway, God, I wish, I wish, I really wish I could be a master of, of um, what was it again? Jack of all trades or master of Master one? of some. I put master of some because usually you could be okay. one or two things. Master, yeah. you know what? I really wish I could be a master of some. I just don't think that's in my nature. I wish I could be a master at something. I find myself to be more of a jack of all trades, but 
at some point in my life, there would be something I wish I was a true master at. Is there anything know, that you would um, be a master of? Right now? Um, boy, that yeah, what a tough question. Man, you're asking some fucking, you're asking some Here's the thing. Stuff right I like now. things that challenge me. I studied wine. But are you a, but are you a master? I am not a master. Oh, yeah, you are a sommelier. No, I am a sommelier, but I'm not a master on anything. I'm not a master sommelier, and I don't think I ever will be. That is a hard, hard task to accomplish, and all the praise goes to those type of people. I am not one of those people, but I'm playing a lot of chess lately, and that is a difficult game. I think I like things that are difficult, but- you know, to become a master of these things, you have to devote so much time to do that. And I am just interested in so many other things. And I love spending time with my family. So I just don't want to dedicate the time that it would take to become a master. Now, I'm not taking away for those masters who are out there doing it. I envy you. I wish I had your type of knowledge on that subject, but I just can't devote the time to it. Now that I've had time to reflect on on that question, uh, I I am a master of one thing, and that is baiting. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I was so hoping you wouldn't go there. <laughs> I went there. Oh, I totally went there. Wayne, I went there. You know what, Wayne? You're Wayne, probably gonna have to edit don't leave that out. Show. But you know what? Please don't leave the show, Wayne. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I brought it up. If there's one thing I'm a master at, it's that right oh, there. But uh, I wish I was a master at everything else in life. But um, yes, I, I was trying to do that for some quick <laughs> comic relief. <laughs> that that actually, uh, Brian was getting way too deep for pop cookies. And uh, he kind of forgot what, what this was all about. And I had to bring it back to reality and liven it up just a little bit. <laughs> but I, I wish I were a master of something. Whether that is podcasting, whether that is entertaining, that is something that I want to be a master at. I want to be good at podcasting. <laughs> and maybe someday I'll yeah, get there. I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wayne's already a fucking master at, at, at editing. At us. So, yes, exactly. <laughs> oh, no, I'm working on that. Trust me. All right. So here's another serious question. <laughs> what is the best thing to put on toast? Oh, I mean, like, besides butter? <laughs> you know, like, Your choice. Yeah, I'm going to get kind of personal here. I know this is going to sound kind of weird, but butter's just a classic. You put it on there, but staple, whenever I right? think of toast, whenever I think of toast, I automatically go back to my days in boot camp. And one of the only joys I ever had in life in boot camp in that three months when I was in the Marine Corps was peanut butter and honey. I found that combination in boot camp. It's funny when you have just limited supplies, the things that you can kind of come up with. And to me, every time I have peanut butter and honey, I'm kind of taken back to the, those moments of small amounts of joy that you, you have when you're going through something very, very tough. So to me, for sentimental reasons, it's going to be peanut butter and honey. Nice. I, I don't eat a lot of straight toast. I do like like the jellies and the jams on it. What is it? Bi gay? <laughs> what do what? you mean straight toast? No, just you just, said just straight toast. toast. Just toast and butter. Just toast and butter. You said straight toast. I did toast, say that, but Brian. I didn't mean it as a sexual preference. <laughs> you know, like Tony, you I are know. taking it down that yeah, road. Wow. Every, know. Every time. I know. I think I think it's these red lights. <laughs> the red I lights. really think it's these red lights. It's Tony's red light district. But I remember my dad. <laughs> who was pretty good in the kitchen, teaching me one of the simplest things ever in life. It was making cinnamon toast. Just 
mixing half and half with sugar and cinnamon into a little jar and then sprinkling it over toast with a spoon. And it was like life changing for me. I made cinnamon toast almost every day growing up, going to school as a quick thing to eat on my way to the bus stop. It was just something I did. I'm not a big toast eater, I guess. If I'm going to toast anything, it's going to be a bagel. But I do remember fond memories of eating cinnamon toast as I'm walking to the bus stop on my way to school. And that's more of a sentimental thing. And I remember my dad, uh, who owned a restaurant at one point of his life, just taking the time to show me the simple ingredients of half and half with sugar and cinnamon. (laughs) And wow, mind blown. (laughs) That was a great call. I have to say, this wasn't meant to be a, like a deep question, but it became one. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? right? Who I thought <laughs> toast? You know, who thought a toast that was going to be so deep? Something that I love, I've never tried, I've always wanted to, is avocado on toast. This day and age, I hear a lot about avocado on toast, and I love avocado. Oh, no, or, that's mine. Okay. That's all <laughs> me. Avocado toast? Tell oh. me about it. Tell me about it, because no. I want to try it. Oh, get a nice creamy avocado, spread it over a nice thick cut of toast. Pick your pick your poison. I love it. And then you put infused olive oil. You can put like a fresh, nicely, maybe a poached egg or a fried egg on top. Ooh. Yes. Oh. I, dude, I was hoping you were going to bring up the poached egg because oh. there is nothing. Oh, my God. A poached egg on avocado toast. Magic. I, with like some fresh cracked pepper on yeah. it. Oh. Maybe some red pepper flakes as well. I mean, you got the whole thing going. I yes. love all those yes. things, and I've never done it. I, because when we make guacamole, it does not last long with my family. My kids love it. My wife loves it. I love it. It is gone. Dude, it's not guacamole. It's I not know, guacamole. I know. It's avocado on but, toast. But we, when we buy avocados, we usually make guacamole. <laughs> so Save one, yeah, save one or save to. a half yeah, for toast. To. They, you really do. Avocados really do. are not safe in my house. We eat those like they're candy. We love avocados. If our local store or farmer's market has a sale on them, I mean, we buy them and we go through them very quickly. All right. Last question, guys. Yeah, but that was, man, I can't believe how deep we got into <laughs> that. I mean, that was just like, I was not expecting I think, that. You know what? I think that best discoveries of 2020 <laughs> kind of like influenced that. But yeah, that was weird. Yeah. That was weird how we got all sentimental about toast. toast. All things. Right. Oh my gosh. We are funny. crazy today. Okay. Last question, guys. When it comes to toilet paper, <laughs> you guys do are over. Or are you guys under? I already know. I'm under. You're you're what? Under. You're under. Under. I'm under. Can we pause the show for a minute to see? I am not sure what I'm <laughs> at. <laughs> but I know I think about it, Brian. I, know, I think about I, it. I love Brian. one way and I hate the other. Which one is it? Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Wow. Go check real quick. All right. I gotta go check I gotta check because yeah, I want to be accurate. All right, go All check. Right, hold on, hold on. Yeah, while we're waiting for Brian, enjoy this song. All right, so yeah, let's uh, let's. What's he gonna say? What's he gonna say? Nope, Brian's back. He's back. What do you got for us, Brian? I am an over guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're an over yes, guy. Okay, absolutely. you're so passionate about it, but you can't remember why. Like there's a right way and a wrong way to do things, and you just do something right the so so much you know throughout your life that you just don't even contemplate that there's a wrong way of doing it. And obviously there is. What a great question you had, Wayne, because 
putting it yeah it was under, so it was so I mean, it was that is so like, effective gonna, that he couldn't even remember why he was so passionate about one way like, or the other that do you just think shows about you tying pe- your shoes people no there's just, just a way you do you. it if things were to be flipped around in the bathroom I would want to fix it, and then I'd want to know who did it. <laughs> the world is not going to end if it's over we or under. And by me having the toilet yes, paper over, do. maybe just what this world needs. <laughs> <laughs> what this, this world yes, needs you yes, right? to wipe your ass from from something that is coming over as Absolutely. opposed to under. Absolutely. We don't know. Oh. We don't know. And we won't know because I'm not going to change yes, things up. Yes, we do. You're thankful. We you're do. Thank, you're, you're, go ahead and thank me, world. <laughs> so you're, hold, you're, you're holding the keys of the universe right. by your toilet by, paper By roll. my bathroom and, rituals. Yes, absolutely. Yes, and your yes. etiquette. I'm okay, not changing wow. things. That, and <laughs> I'm not even going to argue any of this. I just want everybody to kind of highlight the asinine right. argument that's Who just coming out of does this. It okay? under? Because once you pull that... That wall's going to keep what rolling. Under. What a monster. You cannot. No. That, I'm, what a no money way. waster. It's awesome. It's all one fluid Not movement, one fluid Brian. Movement. It comes you from under. You pull down on that. wrap it. It's just the way mechanics are going. Wipe, it's going to keep spooling. You know, and no, it's not. It. It's going to be. It's going to be perfect, Brian. With it going over, like over the falls, like a waterfall, right? You pull the exact amount that you need to wipe that ass. I will bring. <laughs> I will bring this back. You could not remember what other over or under was the wrong because way. There is absolutely a right way, and we've done it the right way for and so long. And it's called under. And it's called under. I Brian. couldn't remember what it is, but trust me, if I were to sit down on that throne and notice that it was going the opposite way i would definitely notice brian wants to think it wants to take credit for everything here uh, being you go, in putting stable. words in my mouth <laughs> yes yes the stability no, 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 of no, our no. time you said that the world wasn't the stability ask, of our dimension all all and i just is i just pointed out upon the fact that Brian's we don't know that it wouldn't <laughs> ass wiping <laughs> etiquette if it were to be messed up in any given way we're all going to crumble. So please, Brian, keep it going over. You okay? are I will keep it under. welcome, sir. You. <laughs> Thank you for saving all of us with your ass-wiping etiquette. You Thank you so it. much. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, guys, that was another great round of Pop Quickies. Went a lot deeper than we expected, but still yeah, great, totally. great stuff, guys. Um, Tony, let's close it out. All right. So just a quick, quick, quick programming note. Join us next week for our New Year's special. Episode 9 is going to be all about saying get the fuck out to 2020 and some of the things that we're going to be looking forward to in 2021, followed by some pop quickies. We're also going to have a New Year's host toast. And guess what? Special surprise. Our wives are going to be involved. So you want to stay tuned to that and see what they have to say about us and this crazy podcast that we have created this year in 2020. Finally, somebody sensible on the show. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Until then, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Knowledge of Nothing podcast. Please hit that subscribe button. Please follow us on Instagram at the Knowledge of Nothing. And thank you so much. We'll see you next time. Thank you, everybody. Take care. Be safe. Bye-bye.